the first season of our podcast ended a couple weeks ago, but in light of everything going on in our world, our message from the service this past week seems like an appropriate addition to the series. So we hope that you'll enjoy this, that it'll help you to further understand the reason why we are called to be a gathered and sent church, and we hope that it'll help you see an opportunity to act on it. Enjoy. Well, as many of you know, our son Benjamin was born with a congenital heart defect, and he had to have open heart surgery uh, when he was three months old. Um, I remember after they first found the defect, uh, the weeks between doctor's appointments and visits to the ER, they seemed like months. And in the months that we waited, the rescheduled surgery, it seemed like years. And then a year later, with our little repaired boy, it seemed like that ordeal had lasted a lifetime. And we couldn't remember life without him and without dealing with that issue. We had to learn how to now live with a healthy child. But after all of that, Jennifer started this little phrase, and she would use it all the time. She continues to use it even to this day. Uh, When it was time for me to start seminary uh, with two kids, two full-time jobs between us, and also the school I was attending happened to be in Southern California, she responded, well, we made it through a heart defect. We can do anything for a couple of years. Then we got the call to serve at a church in Amarillo, Texas. And she said, and I quote, as long as it's not Alaska, we can go anywhere for a couple of years. We ended up falling in love with Amarillo, by the way. And then when it was time to answer the call to come and serve here, uh, we knew that I would have to start before the end of the school year, which meant splitting my time between Kingwood and Katy working 12 to 14 hours a day here while Jennifer and the kids worked and went to school in Katy. On a typical week, we saw each other no more than 24 to 36 hours. And she said, we can do anything for a couple months. So here we are today. It was our first virtual Sunday. And like I said at the start of the service, it's, it's strange. It's weird. This is by no means normal, and it shouldn't be. This should not be normal. So we don't want to pretend that it is. And the truth is, we don't know how long this is going to last. We simply have no idea. We've shared with you that we'll make this decision weekly. We'll communicate with you every Friday until we are back here in our sanctuary together. This could be a couple weeks. It could go on for a couple months. We honestly have no idea. But even in this uncertainty, there are some things that we do know. In the past few days, uh, I've gained some real clarity on a couple of things. And even in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of this frustration, I just want to share with you a sense of hope and what I feel is a sense of opportunity. And I am not trying to sugarcoat a bad situation. I'm not just putting on a happy face. I don't think my face is capable of doing that. I just simply believe with all of my heart that nothing, that absolutely nothing can stand against Jesus' church. Nothing can stop the church of Jesus Christ in this world, even a pandemic. And nothing can stop the church from moving in new, fresh, and really exciting ways. The truth is, from the world's perspective, the church has become fairly irrelevant to them. Well, the gospel of Jesus and his church are never more relevant and necessary than at times like this. 
I truly believe that God is about to do something remarkable. And the amazing thing, you hear me say it every week, the amazing thing is that he chooses to use us to do his remarkable things. So I just want to start this morning by encouraging you to believe the words of my sweet wife. We can do anything for, well, who knows how long. But we can do this. We can do this. The question is, how will we do it? Will we thrive as Christ's church or will we just hope we survive? Will we be the church God's called us to be even though we can't meet together in this building? Or will we lose faith? Will we lose hope? Will we lose our connection to one another? The truth is, it's a choice. It's a choice that we all have to make. I know which one I'm choosing, and I trust that this strong and faithful church family is ready to do the same. Now, since the beginning of the year, we've been talking about our calling to be simultaneously two churches, a gathered church and a sent church. You'll remember we have said week after week, we gather together to become inwardly strong so that we can be outwardly focused. We gather together here so that we can be equipped and encouraged to be sent out into the world each and every day. Well, guess what? It's almost like we've been prepared for something because we are now, for the time being, a full-time sent church. Now, our staff and leadership will still be here. We start meeting tomorrow morning to begin to consider how we can equip and encourage you, the church, throughout the week through technology, through small group activities. But we, as a church, are now a full-time sent church. And I want to remind you words that we shared a few weeks ago. There is no such thing as an unsent Christian. That now it's time for us to go to work. So here's the challenge. Uh, How can you, each of you, how can you be the church on your street? How can you be the church in your neighborhood? If we can't be the church here, then we have to be the church out there. So how will you continue to be an active member of the body of Christ? How will you be a part of the redemptive work that God is going to do through this pandemic? Well, I think there are a couple things that we can do. A couple things that will not only sustain us through this season, but will enable each of us individually and in small groups to be the body of Christ in our communities. So the first, uh, one of the elements of our gathered worship always is the reading of scripture and the preaching of the gospel. And as terrifying as that might sound to you at first, be patient, but that is your first responsibility. Now as the sent church, commit yourself to scripture Um, It looks like you're going to have some time on your hands. So commit yourself to scripture and preach the gospel. But don't worry. It's it's not as hard as you might think. I want to share with you a couple passages. This is uh, first from the disciple and apostle Peter. Uh, He said this in 1 Peter 3. He said, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Be prepared, always be prepared to explain to people why it is that you have hope even in times like this. Y'all, the world is terrified. It's giving into fear, it's buying into hysteria. And there is absolutely a right for us to be concerned. 
And this certainly won't be the last world crisis that we face. But right now we live in a world that is gripped by fear. There is no more fertile ground than right now for the seed of the gospel and for that seed to be planted by a people who were defined by faith, by hope, and by love. We don't celebrate this tragedy. But this is a time for the light to shine in the darkness. Y'all, this is our time. The world is typically resistant to the gospel, to the church. But guess what happens when sickness and the potential for death and suffering begins to knock at the door? All of a sudden, the world becomes much more receptive. All of a sudden, people are much more open to the gospel of Jesus. And we have seen this throughout history. The church has multiplied exponentially throughout history in times of real trouble and hardship. And the church multiplied because through it, the Holy Spirit brought comfort and hope and healing to a broken world. You have the privilege now, each of you, of not only being the hands and feet of Jesus, but through this troubled season, you have the privilege of being his sweet voice, of being the voice of Jesus to people who really need comfort and love. And then hear this from the Apostle Paul. He's writing to his disciple Timothy, and he tells Timothy, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and with careful instruction. Always be prepared to preach the word. And listen, before you worry and turn off the service, let me encourage you. All preaching is, is truth telling. That's it. It's telling the truth about a powerful and mighty God, period. In a world that's overflowing with content, breaking news every second, there's information at our fingertips, the irony is we don't know who or what we can trust. And over time, that information has divided us. It's allowed us to divide ourselves into tribes that are based on which cable news channel tells us what we want to hear. Y'all, we have an opportunity to shut that down. We have an opportunity to be a new voice, a voice that shares the simple truth of scripture rather than all the memes, the fake news from both sides, snarky comments about people who are different from us, no more fear-mongering, no more casting blame. We have the opportunity to be a people who can literally change the conversation. Look, I'm not a doctor, and most of you aren't either. I'm not a political pundit. That's why you don't hear me telling you the details about the coronavirus. And you're not going to hear my thoughts on how our nation's leaders are responding to it. That's not my area of expertise. That's not what I'm going to talk about. But I'm going to preach. I'm going to tell truth about the good God that we serve. That's my area of expertise, and it is yours. I mean, think about this. In a world that is soaked right now in fear and worry... This is the truth that we get to tell from Matthew 6. Don't worry. Don't worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
in a world that avoids all trouble and hardship, that believes that we deserve a life that's free from all suffering? There's actually good news in this truth as well. This is from John. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. That's truth telling. That's a promise. You will have trouble in this world and we know that. But John then says this, quoting Jesus, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome any problem that we face. And then Romans tells us the reason for our suffering. Paul writes, he says, we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then I want to encourage you to continue as you're sharing that good news, share this as well. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Preaching is simply telling the truth. And the truth is right there in scripture waiting for us. The simple truth of scripture, the words of Jesus, the words of his church, that is the gospel. The good news of the coming of the kingdom of God. You see, none of us are beyond the reach of a pandemic. But in the midst of it, there's still hope. And the world needs that hope now more than ever. So preach, be a truth teller. Don't preach at people. Preach to them as you are with them. Tell them the truth. Be a gospel bringer to your neighborhood. That's one way that you can be the church to those sent to you each and every day. So preach, preach and pastor. That's the next thing you can do. And all pastoring is, is caring for each other. Care for one another as a church and then care for those around you. While many are hoarding supplies and fending for themselves, we have the opportunity to be a people who will sacrifice our needs for the good of others. And y'all, that is a radical display of the gospel. And it's not one that we're wired to do on our own. It can only be accomplished through the Holy Spirit. But in and through us, the Holy Spirit can reveal that truth to others. When we deny ourselves for the sake of others, the light of Christ shines through us in a way that will surprise, that will shock, but ultimately can transform the lives of those around us. This is from the Apostle John. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's that famous song, they will know we are Christians by our love. Our love for one another, our love for our neighbor, no matter their faith, their worldview, their nationality. We are a people who are captives to the love of Christ. And we are now a people who are called to live as vehicles of that love for the benefit of others. So be the pastor on your street. Reach out to people, listen to them without touching, right? As Sabrina said, safe physical distance, but we have to maintain social connection. So step in, provide for a need if you are called and able. Listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to others. 
and then speak truth into the lives of weary and worried people. Make a meal for somebody. Make a meal for somebody who might not have access to groceries or other supplies. Make trips for someone who is vulnerable, for someone who's high risk to the effects of this virus. If you're comfortable, if you're able to provide a safe and sanitary space, show Christian hospitality. Let your living room become a sanctuary. Sing songs together. Read scripture. Pray together. Share your stories with one another. Y'all, we cannot hide and we cannot fade away. We have to tell the truth, tell our stories, and do that while we are loving and serving others. So preach, pastor, and the final one is find peace. Rest and peace. That's the third thing that you can do to be the sent church in times like these. And it's very important because you will not be an effective part of the church if you're completely exhausted and if you're disconnected from God. Listen again to the last section of the passage that was read earlier. From Psalm 46, God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Many of you have likely seen this online. It says, can we just unplug 2020, wait 10 seconds and restart it? (laughs) There's a lot of nonsense out there right now, but this one's pretty good. Uh, 2020 definitely needs a restart. But maybe we need a restart. Maybe right now we have an opportunity. Maybe we're being unplugged. Maybe we need to pause so that we can have a fresh restart. Because if we will not slow down the hectic pace of our lives, God is going to do it for us. Now listen, I'm not making a theological statement. I'm not saying that God sent the coronavirus to us to get us to slow down. But maybe that's a redemptive result of what is a terrible situation. God isn't cursing us with a virus. He's not causing this suffering, but he will do something with it and he will do something about it. Ours is a God who blesses us even in the midst of our suffering. But what are we gonna do? Isolated at home, if it ever comes to that. What are we gonna do without sporting events and theater and concerts and all the things that we enjoy that occupy our time? Y'all, those things are gonna return. Eventually, they'll come back. So for now, for this brief moment in history, let's enjoy it. Take a deep breath. See it as an opportunity to just rest, to slow down. This is from an article that I read the other day. Uh, This author says this. He says, recognize that downtime can be a gift, an imposed Sabbath, time to sit still and be with your family without the usual rush of places to be and things to accomplish. Read together. Prepare meals together, perhaps meals that you can share with a neighbor. Heck, watch some Netflix together. When's the last time everybody was home for this long? Talk about what you can learn from this season. Talk about your blessings. Play a game. Make something. Listen to music. It doesn't really matter. Any of these things can be worshipful in their own way, if by worship we mean rest and renewal by way of reconnecting with God and with others. The idea of being stuck at home for a while with Jennifer and the kids, we might have some moments where we get on each other's nerves, where we're bummed out because there's nothing we can do, but man, I love those fools and I need some time with them. I need time with you. 
And since I've been here for a year now, I'm realizing that I haven't had one-on-one and small group time with many of you. I need time with you, not just in large gatherings on Sunday mornings, but in those small groups, in those one-on-one settings. And of course, a sanitary, safe environment with good physical distance and no touching, physical distance, but still social connection. We have to maintain that connection. I want you to know that we will be available to you during the season, and we'll share with you exactly how all that will work later on. So just remember that Sabbath rest is a gift. It was made for us. It's a blessing. And we can use this season to learn how to observe God's rest and peace once again. Well, I'm almost done. Let me just finish up. This has really just been one long so what, I know. So let me just say this before, before we're done. I truly believe that every one of you, every baptized disciple of Jesus is called to be an active member of his body an active member of the body of Christ wherever you are, whether we are able to meet in this building or not. And you can live into that calling by being a voice of hope. You can preach the good news. Tell the story of your faith and your hope. You can live into that calling by caring for each other and for those around you. Be the pastor on your street. Sacrifice for the benefit of others. You can live into that calling by finding your own rest and peace in the stillness of the season, enjoying time with God and enjoying time with those that you love. There is a lot we don't know right now. This is very uncertain times. We don't know how long this will go on. We could be worshiping together again in a week, a couple weeks, a couple months. Honestly, there's no way of knowing that right now. But what I do know is that Christ's church is alive and well and we are already equipped with the gospel to love and to care for a broken world. Our brothers and sisters in Christ have done it before us for the past 2,000 years and now it's our turn. And then here's something else that I know. And one of our elders reminded me of this yesterday. The first time that we're back, when we are finally back together worshiping here in this place, man, that is gonna be sweet. And I pray that when that happens, that we will no longer take these gatherings for granted. I pray that that habit of being in church 1.8 Sundays a month will rise significantly because we'll realize what we've lost. We'll realize the joy and the beauty of coming together to worship, to be equipped so that we can be sent back out on mission in our daily lives. So until then, we will be here. We'll be invading your homes every Sunday. The staff will be around and available during the week. We'll share a schedule, the best ways to contact us later on. It might look different from week to week, and we may try some things out, but the team will be working diligently to provide you with the resources you need so that you can be the church in your neighborhood. I haven't told the staff yet, but I have some really big ideas. (laughs) I'm pretty sure God's ideas and God's plans are even bigger than anything that we can imagine. So I want you to know it's an honor and a blessing to be your pastor, to work with this team. We aren't going anywhere. This church is alive and well. And we love you and we miss you and we will see you really soon. Let's pray. Father, comfort us. Help us to be still and know that you are our savior and our Lord and that you are as active in a pandemic as you are in the best of times. 
that in the worst situation in this world that your redemptive purposes will be done. So God, help us to see our role in that. Help us to be confident and courageous, to not be full of fear, but to be full of trust in you because you have overcome the worst this world could possibly do to us. And in and through you, and by the power of your spirit, we can do anything we've been called to do. I pray that you remind each of us of that truth every day when we wake up, throughout the day, and at night when we go to bed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at www.fpc-kingwood.org. Our services are available on our website. You can also follow us on Facebook and find us on Instagram at fpc underscore kingwood. We'll see you next time.